The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey everyone, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. The best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. Hi, this is TCO, the French-Canadian Frankenstein Ring of Honor Superstar, and you're listening to Top Rope Nation. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time! Oh, no. Oh, yeah! I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah! Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it! It's the best thing going today. What's going on, everyone? This is episode 197 of Top Rope Nation. I am Ryan Drosty, joined by Kyle Ross and Justin Joint, streaming live to the world on YouTube.com right now. Thank you for joining us, or thank you for joining us on the weekly podcast feed, wherever you are listening to podcasts. And uh, Kyle Ross, who's waving at the camera right now, I do have to report, Kyle, for the first time in like three or four weeks, it is not snowing where Justin and I am. Is it snowing out there in, in Ohio right now? No, it actually pretty much all melted, which left me with one of the most horrific sights as we had six plastic bags full of dog shit to pick up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, so your yard is like completely clear of snow. That must yeah. be nice. How Almost. Man. I mean, there's still like a little like whatever, but yeah. It just uh, it was it was a horrible sight when I woke up this morning and looked gazed out at the porch, the amount of 
brown stuff looking <laughs> back at me. Well, you need that beer tonight or that scotch or whatever you yeah. have in the glass. So we're getting ready to talk <laughs> all things professional wrestling. Yeah. But enough about WWE booking. Hey, <laughs> there you go. Justin joined, as I said, uh, finally, it actually has warmed up a little bit here in Iowa as well. We've had some snow melting, which is nice because the pile of snow at the end of my driveway was about as tall as I am. And I'm about six feet tall. So uh, nice to get some of that snow out of the way. Justin, how are you doing tonight? Not bad. I, I'm, I'm I've had one of those, uh, the gift and the curse kind of parenting nights. Mm. Uh, guess what I had for supper? SpaghettiOs. Ooh, right out which, of the can, baby. Which I, I like, even though they're disgusting. I don't know what's going on there. I've eaten them in 2021. <laughs> I actually don't know if my kids have ever had SpaghettiOs, to be honest with you. What? It's been a while. I, I ate a lot of that kind of stuff out of the can when I was a bachelor, so it's been a while been a while my wife is is pretty good in the kitchen though so i'm spoiled um so we're gonna talk all things professional wrestling tonight there's a lot going on in the news some news yesterday that uh, kind of shocked us at the beginning of the day but before we get to that i want to mention a couple of items uh number one is something that i just announced over on our facebook group so if you guys are members of the facebook group uh, you've maybe seen the post. If not, check it out. Uh, if you're not a member of our Facebook group, check out uh, Top Rope Nation Pro Wrestling Discussion. But between now and the start of the AEW Revolution pay-per-view next weekend, uh, we're doing a contest where whoever invites the most new members to the Facebook group will win a free t-shirt. So as you're seeing on the stream right now, there's the post I put up in the Facebook group. But you can, you can win a free t-shirt uh, last time. Strong supporter of the show, Alex McCarthy. He won, uh, actually a fellow Iowan. So um, he's eligible to win again. Any of you are eligible to win. Just uh, check out the Facebook group. Join the Facebook group and invite all your friends. Uh, you can find the link to that group right here in the description of the video on YouTube. You can also find the link to the, the group in the podcast description, if that's how you are listening to the show. But I wanted to mention we're doing that and then of course you know all the usual housekeeping items if you're not already subscribed to the show please do so whether you're here on youtube.com or if you're listening on apple spotify stitcher wherever podcasts are found uh, leave us a written review leave us a five star rating it helps us out so much in getting the show out to new viewers and or new listeners i should say and uh also if you have any questions for this for the show top rope nation at gmail.com. In a couple of weeks, we will be presenting the 200th edition of this podcast. As I said at the top, this is episode 197. And our 200th edition of the show will feature an ultra mailbag segment. In fact, the whole show, not just a segment, the whole show will be mailbag. So get those questions in. I'll have a mailbag question actually this week at the end of the broadcast. Ooh. But uh, start getting them in. We're expecting to get a lot of questions. We're going to get to as many as we can on that show. It's going to be a very wide-ranging show but uh it should be a lot of fun and also i think i might pick the best question that night to also win a free top rope nation t-shirt so get those questions in top rope nation at gmail.com all right guys so i guess we'll start off with aew which i guess is probably the most interesting company these days in professional wrestling or at least in our opinion uh aew dynamite last night did you guys see the show what did you think of it kyle let me throw it to you first you know, I don't miss ever an episode of AEW Dynamite. So uh, I did watch it. I thoroughly enjoyed it, thought top to bottom. Uh, it was a better show than either the Royal Rumble or the Elimination Chamber. Ooh, there's a hot take. Just, 
despite the fact it was just a weekly TV show. I came into I'll ask that show with more interest than either of those aforementioned uh, two WWE pay-per-views. Uh, Dynamite had three, count them, three three-plus star matches, uh, which was more than the Rumble and the Chamber combined on my scorecard. So how about them apples? And most importantly of all, we talk about this a lot How uh, when we review WWE and NXT shows, their failure to do this. Uh, Dynamite did an excellent job of making me look forward to not only the pay-per-view coming up, Revolution, but also next week's show, which is seeming pretty big. Yeah. Justin, you have a chance to watch much of Dynamite this week? Yeah, I loved it. It's just, I think we've mentioned this before, but they're on quite the run of really good shows. And uh, and that was no different this past one, where I, I think I especially liked the Young Bucks and Jericho in MJF angle. That was really good with the, the Bucks dad and uh the uh the zip line with Derby was yeah, really good. That was cool. That was cool. Uh, they did a good job camera wise of not showing him because I think he struggled to get out of there. Mm-hmm. He harness. Uh you know, that was always um you know, the thing was thing, but he did a good job. And I thought the production did a good job there. Does the young bucks dad look a lot like Craig T Nelson or is it just me? <laughs> yes, I can see it. Okay. He... <laughs> somebody, somebody said, is Chris Jericho watching coach uh, again? Um, I saw that tweet, um, you know, and then the three, I thought Adam page against Isaiah Cassie was tremendous. Yeah. I thought, Britt Baker, Nyla Rose was really good. I was really rooting for Britt. I'm interested to see what they do with her moving forward because I thought she was going to win the U.S. That's what I was going to ask you guys. Were you shocked that she lost? I was pretty damn shocked that she lost, to be honest with you. If I was making a bracket, my bracket would have been busted at that point. Yeah. um, Especially with her kicking. She got, you know, the near falls they were doing. It's like, okay, well, she's not losing. And then she lost. I was like, what? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I thought for sure that they were doing a time limit draw with uh, Lance Archer and Ray Phoenix. You know, they, they kept hyping TV time limit remaining. And I'm like, okay, for sure. And then they're both going to get in mm-hmm. to the uh, six-man ladder match. Well, and then like right before the show goes off the air, Archer gets the clean pinfall. So uh, if memory serves me correct, they've only announced one other qualifying match. And there's two spots. So I'm very interested um, to see what they're doing with that sixth spot. To- Tony Khan has said that that last spot's possibly going to be a surprise entrance. Oh, okay. I apologize. I did not see that. Okay. Mm, yes. Yeah, I thought the main event was really good. That was a fun match. I thought John Moxley, Moxley's promo was awesome. I mean, yes. really sold that match. I, one of the best promos of his entire career, I would say. Uh, definitely worth watching if you missed it. You know, we talked about on the show in the last uh, in the last couple of weeks. Uh, it was probably a few weeks ago. How you know, Revolution was coming up. They hadn't announced a lot for the show. We were kind of wondering about the direction for it and the excitement for it because you know it is a pay per view buy. You're asking people to shell out more money than they're used to these days for pro wrestling. Uh, but I think the show is really starting to come together well. I'm excited for it. I'm pumped to do our post show on YouTube yes. uh, a week from the Sunday night. So make sure you guys join us on the YouTube page and subscribe for that. Uh, but uh, I mean, I have. I mean, I know it's it's a lot more expensive to watch these AEW pay per views than it is a WWE pay per view because of of the business model. But 
I have no problem giving them my money every quarter to support, you know, an alternative. The shows almost always deliver too. I mean, most of their, there's one pay-per-view they've had that we were like a little down on because it was so long. I mean, but overall, most of their pay-per-view efforts have been really, really strong outing. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that was all out. Was it not last year? I think we were yep. a little down on. But, you know, yeah, the only two major shows uh, between the two U.S. companies I gave A's to were both AEW last year, Revolution and Full Gear. And I am really looking forward to this. I think all the angles are peaking at the right time. So really looking forward to the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you, so I wanted to ask you guys, this isn't on our agenda, but Uh-oh. I was thinking about this so much during that Moxley promo. Um, do you guys foresee like any chance of a title change in that match with Omega or do you think Omega is going to keep the title? I'm just, I'm just putting it, putting you on the spot right now. I didn't tell you I was going to do this. What do you think, Kyle? I see Justin shaking his head. No, no, yeah, I think he's going to be exploded into paternity. Leave. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think that, that would, that'd be shocking in a bad way. When is she, what does she do? It's a, it's a few months away yet. Yeah. Early summer. True. I think early summer. Yeah, yeah, they're, I, I guess that's a good point. Brian. I could put the title on with that going on, but I just I was thinking about it a little bit because his promo was so strong, and um, there were some people that were upset when he lost the title. We talked about on the show how it was the time, I think, to put it on Kenny Omega. His, his character was hitting on all cylinders, and I, I don't think he's as hot right now as he was when he took the title, but he's still doing a lot of interesting things. So, I, yeah, I don't think so either, but wanted to put that out there. And then secondly... We also had the big news. I think I texted you guys and you hadn't heard about it yet um, yesterday morning that Mr. Paul White, haven't heard him called that since he debuted in the WWF, uh, the big show, has signed with AEW. Uh, they are starting up another show, a second YouTube show on Mondays. AEW Dark is on Tuesdays. This will be on Mondays. Uh, he's going to be broadcasting alongside Tony Schiavone on that show. He's also going to be wrestling, they have revealed. And, I mean, how shocked were you guys when you heard the news at the big show? I mean, he has been, for over 20 years now, kind of a mainstay in WWE. Justin, I mean, what was your level of, of shock at that news? You know, really shocked. And, like, <clears throat> when I look back at how surprised I am, it's like, why were you that surprised? Um, and even though he's not on the same level he felt like a WWE lifer, you know, like along the lines of Cena and Taker uh, in the rock, you know, these kind of guys that you would have never really imagined going anywhere else that they'd get one of those, you know, lifetime contracts, basically. Uh, I don't think he's going to be a huge splash for them. I mean, but uh, it's, it's still at the same time, it's, it's quite the get, I mean, he's, he's a big name. Yeah. Kyle. Two things. One, I think it's a signal to the industry that there are people out there, you know, who could just easily, you know, take the money, be a WWE legend, do whatever. But there's also this option to go somewhere else now and potentially be more interesting. Mm -hmm. Because... What's so good about being a, quote, WWE legend anyway? We know the money's probably good. You know, they just pay you to not do much. (laughs) But, you know, they do these legend shows on Raw, right? And are the legends even, we've talked about this, portrayed, like, in that great a light? It's basically like, hey, come eat our catering 
and we're going to film you randomly walking down the hallway. You're going to spontaneously run into one of the current stars and you're going to have a really shoehorn conversation. Yeah. I mean, well, that's hey, what it's boiled down to at this point, or in the case of the big show, how many times are you going to get, you know, get laid out by Randy Orton? Maybe he got sick of eight years of doing that. Hey, once in a while though, you might just get a championship opportunity out of nowhere. Like he did after uh drew defeated Lesnar last year. Yes. So, you know, it's funny. Somebody <laughs> tweeted that. It's like, who here remembers uh, the big show's yeah. spontaneous challenge of Drew McIntyre? First? I had totally forgotten about that. By the way, that's very key for a take that I'll be delivering uh, well, later tease. tonight in the show about, you know, how meaningless <laughs> things wind up in the world of WWE over the long term. I mean, seriously, <laughs> did you remember that it even happened when I brought no, that up? I It wouldn't have popped into my head. <laughs> I'll, I'll just say that. Like when you said it, oh yeah, I remembered it, but it wasn't something I thought of uh, when I heard the news, certainly that he was going to AEW or Ryan I mean, in the chat says Captain Insano is all elite. Yeah. yeah. I mean, had you thought about it like in what, what, 11, 10 months? No. Okay. Like I remember it happened. We're like, oh, that was kind of unique. Yeah. And then I'm sure two weeks later, you know, it was just gone from memory. Again, stay mm-hmm. tuned, folks. We're going to hit on that issue. Yes. Not to uh, poop on your first point, but from the reports I saw is that it was about money, that he didn't like the money that WWE was offering him, which oh. actually I think I think that makes it just as interesting that AEW, uh, you know, has the bank to steal him away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. But I'm saying, you know, is he going to be asked to do more now for some? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's going to have a lot more uh, mm-hmm. leverage is the right term, but he's going to have more leeway to do what he wants. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And I think that's a key point, right? Like with this legends deal, you don't have to do much, but you have to do what they say. I guess that's to be, to clarify what I was meaning earlier. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was just, I was pretty shocked because he, he did seem like a WWE lifer. You know, he's done a lot of the, the film projects with them. He just did the Netflix series with them. He's one of those guys that they just bring back occasionally. Everybody knows him, you know, a top star of the late 90s. So I think it's a huge get for AEW. It's not like the type of thing where people are going to be pining for, like, dream matches. I'm not sure that there's, like, really a a big dream match for Paul White at this stage in his career. But that's a nice presence. You know, He's it's a kind of thing where someone who's channel surfing or just happens to turn on AEW will recognize him. And that kind of thing can help out a lot. I think for a newer company, no, he's not going to be the face of the company, nor should he, but it's a familiar voice. It's a familiar look. And so, I mean, if you just saw the social media reaction to his signing, it was big time. Like everybody was talking about the biggest fans, the biggest journalists were shocked about it to the people that are, you know, posting some pretty bad takes on Twitter.com too. So I saw like every end of the spectrum as it comes to wrestling were shocked and I guess excited about it. So it's not something that was, you know, bandied about. It's not like people are like, Oh, big shows a little, you know, angry about his WWE legends deal. Yeah. You you didn't hear anything of that sort. He just, all of a sudden it's like big show sign with AEW. Okay. There we go. (laughs) So Uh, is, yeah, is there right. any surprise in the, the way they announced it that they didn't actually just have him as a surprise on Dynamite? I think they were trying to pop the viewership a little bit, which what did they come in? 800,000 some viewers? They beat NXT like usual, but I think they were hoping to get towards that million mark, which they didn't hit. Um, but, you know, they had a good, it was a good solid number. I think they were fifth on cable, fourth or fifth on cable this week. So 
I, I think that's that's why. Um, but uh, yeah, Greg in the chat, your your buddy Greg Kyle. I thought he left because earlier he said, "Hey guys, just called to say I love you," and then he was out. But he's back. Greg, well, he's is back. been drinking. <laughs> Greg says, uh, he's talking about Tony Khan's father. He said, is he the new Ted Turner? Max contracts for everybody. Well, you know, the Khan family has a hell of a lot more money than Vince McMahon. You know, more money than Vince McMahon can ever imagine. And Vince they McMahon should start is- openly bragging about that, by the way. Just <laughs> I mean, to WWE, really upset Vince. <laughs> WWE, of course, just got a billion dollars for the Peacock deal. And they make a ton of money. But, like, I don't even remember now off the top of my head where... Mr. Khan ranks as far as like in the United States for wealth, but it's like incredibly high. He's a lot more money. So, I mean, they could, you know, if Tony can convince his father to shell out the money, they could offer better contracts than Vince, certainly. You know, talk about uh, buddies of mine. Liam messaged me right after it happened, too, and he's like, they should definitely call him Titan. (laughs) 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 Which, and remember when he initially signed with WWF, at the time it was WWF. Um, the rumor was they were going to call him Titan, the corporate giant. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, That that was (laughs) way back over 20 years ago. That was, uh, the talk. And then there was the big show that didn't really roll off the tongue initially. Now we just take it for granted. But I remember I was like the big show. Yeah. It's kind of an odd name. Yeah. Maybe Cody just wants his win back by the way, from (laughs) WrestleMania 28. It was like one of the first. It was one of the first things that you sent out in our uh, in our group text. Yeah. <laughs> hey man, it's interesting. It's got the industry talking. It's got the fans talking. That's what you want to do. So I mean, AEW is still making the headlines right now. And you know, obviously, next week on Dynamite, Shaquille O'Neal steps in the ring. Him and Jade Cargill against uh, Cody and Red Velvet. Shaq and the Big Show. That was always something that was talked about in WWE. Do we think Shaq? gets involved there at all or pardon me the big show well he's making his debut on the show next week right they announce mm-hmm. what do you think justin hadn't thought about that that would be cool i guess as much as a match between those two doesn't do much for me I, you know <laughs> it might do stuff for average viewers yeah greg announces in the chat that in fact he has been drinking Okay. Cheers, Greg. <laughs> Confirming can't, Kyle's suspicions. By the way, can't wait till they make Jade Cargill a star next week. Can't wait for the losers and the haters to walk uh, back all their takes. Guys, if you're listening to the podcast version on Friday, do join us uh, for our live feeds because these are now going out. I've, I've previously talked about, by the way, that it was only our pay-per-view post shows that would go out live to everybody. The weekly shows would go out live exclusively to patrons. Uh, I've opened it up now. Every Almost every show we do is now going to air live on our YouTube channel. You can join us live. Have a drink with us like Mr. Greg is. So YouTube.com slash Top Rope Nation. Get those subscriber numbers up. Help us out. Uh, so yeah, uh, Greg's having fun. We're having fun talking pro wrestling this week. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff. And it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed. Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Monday night. This coming Monday 
the new WWE champion, The Miz, puts the title on the line against your man, Kyle, Bob Lashley. Who should win? He's my man now. Yes, he is. In your opinion, Kyle, who should win that match? Well, wait, who's been with the company the longest? (laughs) Who's Who's the the most most loyal, dedicated? (laughs) (laughs) Who works the hardest? Yeah. (laughs) Dude, there is a generation of fans, and I don't mean to be an asshole, but I'll be an asshole right now, okay? (laughs) That, like, have just grown up on just WWE that have the most lame brain takes I have ever read. I, you know, screenshot and shared with you guys this one random one on like WWE's Facebook page about, you know, the Miz needs to be rewarded because all those words we were throwing out there, he's so hardworking, he's been loyal, all these other guys left and went somewhere else. Folks, you know, just because you've been around for a long time doesn't mean you should like get the title. (laughs) And to be clear, like the Miz, his... Run with the title in 2010, 2011 was fine. Uh, He wasn't booked particularly strong. I don't think he was intended to be. He was very much the third wheel in the beginning of the Rock Cena program, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, at that WrestleMania. Uh, He was a great Intercontinental Champion in 2016, 2017. Okay, you want a compliment from me? This guy may have gotten the best match ever out of Dolph Ziggler. And whatever the October pay-per-view was in 2016, was that No Mercy? It was the show that AJ won the title. Okay. Uh, well, well, yeah. I, I can't remember the name. I, I think it was No Mercy. Well, no Mercy used to be an October pay-per-view, right? Right, yeah. Okay, but it was a SmackDown-only pay-per-view. Remember Dolph put his career on the line? That match had heat. Yeah. And it was a lot of it was owed to The Miz. But um, I actually want to go last on this Will Bobby Lashley win okay. Monday thing because I, I, I think we need to think about it in the big picture. And I think... That's the way I want to answer it, All as right. opposed to just yes or no. What do you think, Justin? Should the title change happen Monday night? Well, first, I want to say I have not read your notes, so hopefully I'm not stealing anything from you. Uh-oh. Um, yes, he should. But the downfall is like, but then he just gets this tiny little run because I think Drew would need to win it back at WrestleMania. I think you are looking at my notes and you're lying. I, I really did not. I swear <laughs> to God. I'm I'm reading through the notes right now. <laughs> Very professional. Oh, what do you think about this? Uh, all right. I'm just going to say my, my opinion is they should do the title change. I think I tweeted this out. Um, yes, you did. On Tuesday. I don't see any reason to just skirt around and do interference, put it off to fast lane. I think you just freaking do it now. I think everyone knows the score on this. I think... To extend it can only hurt Lashley. I think he's hot right now. I think you put the title on him and you move on. I mean, I think the entire reason that they did this uh, seemingly is to get the title on Lashley and to do the match with Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania. So, I mean, they could have they could have still done it. They could have got the title on Lashley in the Elimination Chamber match if they wanted to go that route. Uh, but, you know, this is what they've done. Uh, I don't think anyone expects The Miz to carry the title into WrestleMania, nor do I think The Miz should carry the title into WrestleMania. And we have been, if you dip into our archives, very high on The Miz at different points in the five years of this program. You go back to 2016, 2017, we're talking about he was the best heel in the industry at the time. Um, But right now, and the way he's been booked, you know, like clearly the Bad Bunny thing 
is where they've been going with him with the tag match at Mania with Damian Priest and Morrison. So I don't really see any reason to drag this out. Okay. If you do do the title change Monday, what do you do at Fastlane, the debut on Peacock? Dude, I couldn't book any of their shows two, three weeks out. <laughs> you don't have seemingly hardly any long-term direction. So it would be very difficult. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Okay. WWE always books in very non-committal fashion. Yeah. So I don't know if I can even answer this to that point, Ryan, because I could see a situation where like Drew McIntyre, who was, if correct me if I'm wrong, noticeably absent from Raw on Monday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I could see him like interfering and then they do a three-way at Fastlane. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Your boy, Bad Bunny, who your other boy, Ryan Satin, seems to think is like the second coming of El Santo. Okay. Oh, God. All right. Come on. <laughs> He's going to interfere and cost Miz the title, right? Or no? I think that's what they should do. That's what okay. That seems most likely, yes. Okay. Yes. Should Bad Bunny, your boy, cost... My boy. <laughs> The is the title against Bobby Lashley. Oh, no. I see what you're doing there because you want to keep Lashley looking strong, not winning in like a fluky way. Yeah. So I I don't know. Like I I think let's look at this big picture because I think a lot of analysis um, from the wrestling media, to be honest with you, doesn't look big picture enough. So I want us to look big picture. I think you both touched on this, so it should be a pretty quick answer. We still think the ultimate goal here is to get the title back on Drew, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Is Drew McIntyre going to walk out of WrestleMania as the champion? Now, you don't even have the chat room open on your screen, I'm pretty sure. So someone foresaw this in our live chat right now. Ryan said, are we cool with Bobby getting the title if it's just for Drew to get his win in front of a Mania crowd? See, I this would is- hate- he says, I would hate for Bobby to get a nothing run. Good point. And, and yes, and we're starting to hit on things. Yes, we're going to keep this snowball going down the mountain for the remainder of this podcast. Uh, trust me uh, when I reiterate my disdain for the briefcase and this whole scenario. <laughs> um, so what does Drew McIntyre's or what should Drew McIntyre's road to WrestleMania look like in your guys' opinion? Well, I mean, there's still unfinished business with Sheamus, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you'd assume that that's his fast lane opponent. You'd think, I mean, thank you for turning heel, Sheamus, by the way. I mean, they are not getting a lot of mileage out of that thing. That is like real buried right mm-hmm. now. Okay, so you think Drew will kind of get momentum by beating Sheamus at fast lane? I mean, I wouldn't use the word momentum, but I know what you mean. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, by the way, uh, something that, we also need to mention, you know, you mentioned Seamus, another kind of um, ancillary part to this discussion. Is Braun Strowman's goose cooked in this company? I mean, look, I, I know you want to get over Lashley, and it made him look sweet. But wow. I mean, to beat Braun like that? And, and, the, and people are going to say, what the fuck do you give about, care about Braun? We're putting over Lashley. Can't you ever be happy? Well, in six months, when you try to push Braun Strowman as a monster... Why did you do this? So I mean, I'm. I mean, if Braun Strowman is is just going to be laid to waste and it's over, sayonara. This guy's best days are behind him. Then okay. 
Mm-hmm. Don't come around six months later and push this guy like he's still a monster. And did he kick out at three and an eighth, by the way? Yes. Okay. Very uh, Hulk Hogan-esque. Yes, thought so. <laughs> I, I'll say this. If they did Lashley, Drew at Mania, and Lashley retained, I wouldn't be that upset. I do think that they need Whoa. to get the title off The Miz. Yes. I think absolutely, like, very soon, I, I'll stick by it. I think Lashley take the title Monday night. Um, but they do Drew and Lashley in front of the crowd at Mania in Tampa. You know, depending on how Lashley's run goes for those, I don't know how, how long it will be at that point, a uh, month and a half or so. If, if it's going well and people are talking, like, there's no reason to take the title off them yet. You can always do a rematch. Oh. You know I mean? The bigger issue is the Miz to me right now. Yeah. Okay. I mean, just. The only really, if they put the title on Lashley, the only reason you go back to Drew is so he can have his quote unquote WrestleMania moment mm-hmm. in front of people. Uh, and if that's your only reason, I don't think you can do it because, you know, we've already had Lashley and McIntyre, you know, once almost a year ago, right after WrestleMania. So I don't know how long they would be able to drag that feud out. Getting back to big picture, we all believe that at some point Drew McIntyre is going to get the title back, right? Yeah. Seems that way, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, okay. So, all right. Was there an alternate path to get to Drew versus Lashley? Of course there is. I'm going to answer my own question. So, this, like, I'm asking a lot of these questions, some rhetorical in nature, because... This whole Miz thing, and Ryan, you mentioned your, that like your big talking point right now is we just need to get rid of this Miz out of the equation, right? And you're correct. The Miz never should have been part of this equation because the bottom line is on May 20th, I bet you, the Miz is going to be right back in the same spot he was at on February 20th. So what's the point other than he had a briefcase and you have to do something with it because you have these silly rules that you do every year? Right? Yeah, yeah. There, there's no point. So, and people are asking, well, if you're putting the title on Lashley just to lose it back to Drew, well, what's the point of that? A very good question again. Mm-hmm. To me, if there was any investment in long-term booking, and how many times have we hit on this in recent weeks? Okay. <laughs> you could have built this matchup the old school way, the right way. Drew is the... Uh, WWE champion, Lash is the US champion. These motherfuckers, they're big guys, they just run through everybody. Okay? And then Drew runs through the chamber. I don't have anybody left. Who wants a piece of Drew McIntyre? Lashley comes out. Hey, I'm the US champ. I've been running through everybody. I'm sick of defending this. I want the big belt. You have two guys who have been booked like badasses for months, and that's your match. And then at Mania they they do Hogan Warrior move move for move. <laughs> yeah, I would be in fucking tears if they did. <laughs> oh. So yeah, you know, and you know, taking what I just laid out that scenario, which is very much the old school quote unquote pro wrestling one hundred and one scenario versus what they've done. You know, I, I want to hit on something, and it, it's something we've seen more and more of from WWE on the road to WrestleMania in recent years. It almost seems like they like 
or think that it's a good idea to muddy the waters on the road to WrestleMania. We saw this a lot in Mania 35, if you remember, with will Kofi get the shot? Remember, they kept dragging that out mm-hmm. for so long until a couple weeks. Or, you know, taking Becky Lynch on, out of the three-way temporarily and adding Charlotte. What good does that add in the long term when you do that? I know the game's a little different now. It's not a straight pay-per-view. But the successful pay-per-views in the history of this business, and it's not just WWE, it's like UFC too. It's They have a well-defined main event that people want to see. That should be the goal when it's your big show. This You should make it very obvious. This is the big match. And you hype it to death and hope people are interested. Not this, oh, will this match happen? Oh, I don't know what's going to happen next in the WWE. That is manure. <laughs> uh, do we? Okay, this there's a there's a side conversation going on right now in the chat about. I saw you chuckling. <laughs> All right, so, well, first that was about something else. It was about Bobby Lashley's head, but uh, <laughs> I'm not going to read that on air. Uh, <laughs> I think Greg was trying to pop me on air here. Uh, do we think Brock Lesnar is going to be involved at WrestleMania? Should he be involved in what's going on with Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley? Could you see a, a triple threat with Brock Lesnar? No, I'm go ahead. Oh, no, no, you go ahead, please. I was just I, I don't I don't want to see I, I if if they're gonna do Lashley McIntyre, I think the spotlight just needs to be on those two. Yes. And going going back to what Kyle says, adding Lesnar just muddies the water. <laughs> yeah. Um there is only one viable storyline for Brock Lesnar to return. And that's with Roman. You know, yeah. it, that's for Brock to kind of come back and be like, do the WTF, Paul. Like, why are you... hold that off to, like, SummerSlam, you think? Maybe. I mean, pay, I mean, by then they should have a pretty decent, healthy crowd, you know, fingers crossed, that you, you have the payday for Brock in that situation. I, I would argue there is one other guy that they could do that maybe has some un, unfinished business. Um, the problem with it is that I think Lesnar needs to get a WrestleMania win because he's starting to turn into that big name who loses. And uh, the opponent would be Keith Lee. They had the interaction at Royal Rumble, you know, a year ago. Uh, and that would be actually pretty nice to see him put Keith Lee over. But I don't know if it's quite the time yet. Keith had a real ominous tweet yesterday. What was that about? I didn't hmm. see it. What I was it? Not he that. just tweeted hard times. Hmm. He's just watching some Dusty. Maybe okay. Well, maybe I don't this know. Has to do with uh, why he's out of action. I see that his uh, his name right now is impatiently. I don't know how long that's been the case, but that's his uh, not the handle, but you know where you can change your name. It's now at real Keith Lee is is impatiently who has been off television. I see what he's done there. Yes, but um, you know, getting back to Bobby Lashley, who is you know kind of the topic at hand and. and centerpiece of this conversation. I've hit the tape a little bit as I talk to you guys about I'm basically John Gruden without the stupid faces. And where's your visor, loser? <laughs> not gonna Get you wear a top a visor. rotation visor. Yeah, he's a football guy. Yeah. <laughs> um you know Lashley That is totally gonna be on the new intro if okay. I <laughs> sorry go ahead. Uh is is a real fascinating person because you know, we talked about this a little bit on the Elimination Chamber show. You know, everyone, I think, is in agreement 
this is how you book Bobby Lashley. Mm-hmm. Well, why the hell haven't they been doing this for the last three years? I mean, you know, <laughs> it's not like any, you know, right-minded professional wrestling promotion would have him do things like, you know, feud over his sister against Sami Zayn or come out there and flex his ass all the time or pretend to be married to Lana. You know, no one would ever do those things. I mean, is this the hottest that Bobby Lashley has been since like 2007 right now? Oh, I love your qualifier there since 2007. Yeah. Because like I said, I was hitting the tape. People need to watch the match he has with John Cena at Great American Bash 07. This is a very good main event match that was lost to time. It was right before Lashley left. He got hurt, which is why he did the job. Sorry, I spoiled it. But, um, (laughs) and then he quit while he was hurt over Crystal Marshall. But, um, you know, this was a guy who was not tainted by booking at all in his first run. Remember, I mean, they thought highly enough of him that he was the guy that they used as the surrogate for, you know, that dumb son of a bitch. He used to live at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue <laughs> and WrestleMania 23. There we go. 40% of our audience just tuned out. There you oh, go, I'm Kyle. sorry. I know. I'm, gonna, I'm sorry. I'm going to get lectured. Here we go again. <laughs> we can father, talk off air about that. Is, is your father rolling over in his grave for what I did to the company? Um, remember when Sean said that to Vince McMahon? That was one of the oh, most incredible promos. Anyways, so, and they brought him back and they like farted around with them all this time. Remember, you know, right? I was thinking it's not just that run. Remember, he had that kind of brief feud with Roman in the summer of 2018. I, for hmm. some reason, think it was just us on the post show for that one. And that was like a good match and feud that like people are like, oh, this Bobby Lashley can belong in the main event when presented correctly. And it's just, it's so odd. It's the kind of thing that hurts WWE. It's not the only thing. It's not the biggest thing, but it's just, you know, WWE is very much, it's creative decline is death by a thousand cuts. And it's failure to capitalize on things until it's maybe two, three years too late. It really hurts them, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Their TV and just overall creative um, approach. It's just it's fascinating to me that it took him this long to figure out Bobby Lashley. I know he has issues. He's not the most charismatic guy. We've talked about that before in this program. But um, you give him the right mouthpiece, you make him an ass kicker, it works. Yeah. I mean, he worked with Leo Rush. I know Leo didn't like that role. Leo thought he should have been like WWE champion. God bless him. Don't really agree with that, but um, you know. it's it's kind of a pattern with them. I mean, they dragged their feet with Braun Strowman basically forever. I mean, he got his first world title at WrestleMania a year ago. Um, they almost did it with Drew McIntyre. I, I think they pulled the trigger on him just in time before he would have perpetually been seen as you know an upper mid Carter. Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm curious as if it has something to do with length of contracts where you have to prove your loyalty. And once you've been around and you've done the shitty stuff, they get you to resign. And then they finally have you for a while. Yeah. They don't want you to get too big for the company. It's it. it, Absolutely. Absolutely, man. It's just, it's, it's so odd that they good booking is striking while the iron's hot. WWE's not very good at striking while the iron's hot. We shall see. 
how this program ends up. But um, to me, I think there was just a simpler, better way to get to Drew Lashley if that was the ultimate goal, and it does not involve the Miz one iota. <laughs> yeah. We had some discussion in the chat about uh, Brock Lesnar and what do you do with him when he eventually comes back. Um, Greg was agreeing with our conversation about Lesnar versus Keith Lee being a good a good match down the line. But then he asked, but would they need to, uh, or would they let him go over? He says, Justin's right. Lesnar almost needs to be built back up, which is kind of insane to say before mm-hmm. he could put someone else over, uh, just because he's been gone for a while. And in fact, he went out on a loss, I guess. Um, and then if he does, what's that? I don't know if he does. Ryan in the chat then responded and he said, and I, I want to get your take on this because I was going to ask you something about retribution. But he said, just feed rep- retribution to Brock at Mania, have him beat all of them at once, and then they just return as their old gimmicks. Brock goes over, retribution dies, we all win. Hey, man, <laughs> he can't be doing my main man Ali like that. Yeah. <laughs> the other guys. I love Ali. I think Ali is would be very high on my list of people I'd like to see go to AEW. Yeah. If you're if you're mm-hmm. doing this, because like I feel like he hasn't been around long enough to be tainted yeah. in a certain light. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like how he speaks out for himself. Um yeah. There's th- yeah, there's some obvious uh creativity on his part. Yeah, I like Howie a lot too. I he doesn't need the retribution group. I was having this discussion with a friend of mine the other day, and he was saying, like, do you think retribution should just become almost like a comedy act, kind of like Dark Order has become recently. Uh, because it's just, you know, it hasn't worked. I mean, since the beginning, people have just been busting on it, that it's been a, kind of a joke. Ali, I think, you know, I, I think he has a high ceiling. But for the rest of them, like, it's just, it hasn't worked out. I mean, yeah, the the Lesnar situation will be a way to kind of end it. I mean, it just, it's not a, obviously a long-term story for a lot of these people's, you know, so how do you get out of it? I, I don't know. I don't know if you make it a comedy act or what you do, but I don't think you can do a comedy act. There, there was always something kind of goofy to begin with, with the dark order. Um, even just the name and the look, uh, in, in a actually looks like retribution might be on the way out anyways, with, uh, Ali kind of, uh, lambasting his fellow retributioners. <laughs> the question is, were they ever in, Right. <laughs> that is the question. That is the $100,000 question. By the way, I apologize. I noticed my laptop uh, was not plugged in. Oh, I saw you step off your camera. Yeah, and I was I, thanking I, God I, you had pants on because you never I, know. Yeah, I, I, I got very nervous. I was like looking over there. I was like, is the charger over there or what? And <laughs> it was, but I had to plug it in. So, yeah. Um, One last question, perhaps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One last question on this issue. Does Drew McIntyre regaining the title or just or maybe retaining the title if he wins it back beforehand at Mania, is that in any way related to what they do with the other title match, Edge versus Roman Reigns? In the sense, like, you know one baby face is going to win, but would they put over both? I actually have very strong views on Edge versus Roman Reigns, if, if you guys would like to answer that question first, though. Well, that's interesting because, mm-hmm. I mean, if those are two championship matches going in, I God, part of me really wants to see the heel win both of those. And, <laughs> and Frank, on the on the Edge and Roman side, I really think Roman needs to go over. I love Justin Joint 
with all. That's been a long time since I've heard that on this podcast. That that, <laughs> so, that statement used to be uttered almost every week, making yeah, me jealous I, I of Kyle's love. Yes. Uh, yes. So Meltzer apparently earlier this week on Wrestling Observer Radio said there are people internally pushing hard for Edge to go over in that match. I would yes. put my foot down, like oh, like like hard. Like I would actually put my job on the line, and I would risk getting fired. And oh like throw a conniption. I would like throw a conniption fit in the creative meeting and say we cannot put. God bless him. I like Edge. There is no reason Edge should beat Roman Reigns. None. Totally agree. Like it would just reiterate what people already think, and that this is an old person promotion where guys come back and are treated uh, as a much bigger deal than your guys that are there every week. And, and you know, just again, to go back to my earlier point, just because you're there every week doesn't make you better. But Roman Reigns is presented as your top regular. He can't be losing to Edge. And, you yeah. know, it's fun. And it's funny. I, I'd like to know some of the people, Ryan, I know you got some pushback. You went on uh, Garrett's show, uh, Fight Game Media, and presented the idea of, you know, Kevin Owens maybe winning on that Christmas show in front of a lot of eyeballs. I, I think... Look, if you just like Roman, think you should steamroll all the baby faces. I don't know. That's a different conversation. But to me, if Roman were to lose to one of those two, it should definitely be Kevin Owens, not Edge, because mm-hmm. Kevin Owens can be around. And what do you do with him moving forward? Edge, it's you know, I mean, he's Edge. He doesn't need to win the title again. Yeah. At all. So I mean, that's something I would put my foot. I think Roman Reigns absolutely should not lose to Edge. Uh, that's something to monitor in the weeks and months ahead, obviously. I mean, you know what they're thinking is on this, though. You know how they think. And it's that last year, Edge comes back at the Rumble. It's this awesome moment. And then with the pandemic, his comeback really got derailed. Like, it lost a lot of the excitement. He's wrestling in the Performance Center. No fans. Here at Mania, you're going to have fans, although it's you know going to be a partially full house, but it's still going to be a fairly you know decent crowd. If they were in an arena, it'd be like a packed arena. The amount of people that they're going to have there. Uh, I agree with what you're saying. I'm just thinking like from WWE's perspective, I can see them sitting in that booking meeting, saying, you know, we had this all time legend come back last year. He didn't get like the gr- the great moments that we had hoped following the Rumble. We got the fans out there. Give them the title. We'll, we'll put it back on Roman quickly. Yeah. I could see that happen, especially especially if Lashley retains, because you're looking at you know the two-night WrestleMania thing. It's hard to imagine both heels retaining. But we oh, I agree with that. We don't, we, don't, we don't know the rest of the card, though. So, I mean, they could do something else that's like a feel-good moment. I mean, who knows? But I don't know. That, that's a really good question. Something to, uh, to stew on here for the next... Uh, what is it? Six weeks or so until WrestleMania? Six, seven weeks? We'll see. I have, I've really enjoyed, I have to say, the chat tonight. I think this is going to be fun offering the show live each and every week here on our YouTube page. So if you're listening to the podcast feed, love to have you uh, join us for for the live show on Thursday nights when we record. Subscribe to the uh, the YouTube page, and then you'll get the alert if you if you turn on notifications when we go live. Um, that's a that's a great question though, Kyle. Uh, any others before we turn it to the mailbag or anything else you wanted to hit on? I have, I have a take on the briefcase. I don't know if you, what do you want to do? Okay. That? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't know if you want to do the mailbag first. Shall I, shall I paste this into our notes? Um, I'll let's do your take on the briefcase. I wasn't sure if that was 
kind of what we kind of hit on earlier no, a little bit? No, no, I didn't oh, even no. come close okay, to it. Okay, let's let's build the suspense for our mailbag question, which is actually going to be a very a very good question that we have here. Uh, Kyle, let's hear your briefcase take because I, I was did... just I was just tweeting out that Kyle is spitting fire right now and trying to get people to tune in. So let's let's hear a little bit more from you, Mister Ross. I, I just tweeted it, or I just copied it uh, into the notes page. If you see it there, the length of it. Yes. Okay. Oh my. Oh my goodness. All right. Hit it. All right. You ready? So uh, we yeah. have now reached, I believe, the Andy Rudy portion of the program <laughs> where old wrestling fan yells at Cloud. But uh, I thank you guys for this time. Uh, so I think a lot of people, when they hear me criticize the briefcase gimmick, might look at me a little sideways. Oh, Kyle, you know, that's one of the fun things every year is the briefcase. Well, you know, I was watching this video the other night on WWE's Facebook page. Always a scary proposition. And it showed all the cash-ins for Money in the Bank. It was obviously in honor of The Miz just cashing in at Elimination Chamber. As I'm sitting here watching all 24 cash-ins in history, in a row, my girlfriend said, never mind, I'm not going to tell that joke here. This is a family program. (laughs) Justin, I know you know the reference there. You go, thank you. But um, it really drove home just how repetitive the WWE has made this gimmick. And even as someone like ourselves, familiar with the history of Money in the Bank, you know, you watch this video and you just think, man, this really is just the same thing every time. It's like watching Groundhog Day. And it was a little jarring, to me at least, to see how few of these cash-ins were actually truly good. Um, of those 24 cash-ins that we've had, I would personally only label seven of them as good. Seven. Uh, good as in meaningful or memorable. My opinion only, those would be Edge in 06, RVD in 06, Punk in 09, Miz in 10, Ziggler 13, Orton 13, Rollins in 15. Not a lot on the recent tip, uh, needless to say, there. Most recent one that I would call good is 2015. And we've talked about this a little bit before. Um, Justin, did you have a, a take there you you, you seem that you had a, you know, a little bit of a light bulb go on. i no, i was just a little disappointed not to hear daniel bryan's cash in there it was the first one i left off the list look i'm trying to make a, a negative take here i can't have too many <laughs> things labeled as good okay <laughs> but yeah it was all right but here we go of those good cashes and this is really interesting when you break down the money in the bank and its effectiveness or lack thereof Five were guys that won their first world title. So at the very least, you can maybe make the claim that money in the bank is a way to theoretically elevate someone into the top of the card. As long as it's a heel. Well, it doesn't have to be a heel in my opinion. Well, well, for history's sake, the only baby face was RVD, correct? That's Well, yes, but it doesn't have to be that way. You're right. That's the way they've done it, or they've chosen to do it, but I don't think it has to be that way. But here's the primary issue uh, here as we try to nail this down with Money in the Bank and why you know, really, I was, I don't even think I was negative on Sunday in our Elimination Chamber reaction show. I was just so I don't know, what's the word for just like not care? Like, I was just indifferent to the whole thing. I just, I I think I, in matter of fact, this term this doesn't matter. Here's the issue. Of those seven good cash-ins, only three went on to have title runs of at least five months. And one of those was non-first-time champion Orton 
in 2013. So even when these cash-ins could be called good, more often than not, they're not having a real long-lasting effect, are they? No. Um, you know, as a sidebar, I know there's, you know, these WWE apologists, They we know how they pop out of the woodwork sometime. They're going to point out the extenuating circum. Yes, I know RVD got a, uh, pulled over for smoking weed and that sank his run. Dolph Ziggler got hurt. But Could have been really cocaine th- on a two-by-four. Oh, God, that was, please, just please tell me that was true. <laughs> please tell me him and the she- Doug and the Sheik were doing lines on a two-by-four. Please. Um, anyway, um, I'll probably never get an answer to that question, but I think we know the answer Sorry to this question. Sorry to ruin your flow there. Yeah. No, it's okay. I think we know the answer to this question. I'm bringing it all back home, Ryan. I'm a broadcast professional. <laughs> uh, do we really think either RVD or Ziggler were long for the top of the card? I mean, look how they were booked subsequently. No. I mean, RVD, you can make the argument, well, they couldn't trust him anymore, and he was older, but he, he was not going to be long for the card anyway. With Edge, his first cash-in, yes, he did get elevated, even with a short run. But keep in mind, he's the first. he was the first one to do it, and he only got back into the WWE title picture because RVD's cash-in went south. You know, like, they put the title right back on him after the, uh, you know, RVD was pulled over him and Sabu. Uh, another sidebar, so, and this is where uh, I'll bring it all back home here, folks. I promise. Sasha Banks was just on the Broken Skull session. I don't know if either of you guys saw this yet, or maybe seen. I haven't clips. watched it yet. Okay. Um, I was really impressed with an answer she gave when pressed by Austin on whether or not her and Bailey dropping the women's tag titles at Mania 35 to the Iconics, I believe it was a four-way match, uh, was a good idea, quote unquote. Her response was, it could have been, but it's all about the follow-up. And then she went on, uh, and and I was very proud of her for doing this, mocked the follow-up to that title change. That was the match where they supposedly put up a fit afterwards, right? Yes, which which I don't know if it was true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and she laughed. I mean, she, Mm -hmm. you know, she, she left. And you look at how were the Iconics booked after that. They basically, you know, the poor follow-up to that made Sasha's point. It's like, hey, we've campaigned for these titles so hard. We wanted to establish them. And you take them off us and you put them on this act that you had no faith in. And where are the Iconics now? Ridiculous that they split them up. Okay. But they're they're not. Yeah. The answer is not a team anymore. So, you know, so Sasha Banks was completely right. And anyone... Uh, who criticized her at the time should apologize. So this brings me back to Money in the Bank. The follow-up to these cash-ins just often isn't very good or effective or meaningful. It's all about the follow-up, quote-unquote. It really applies to any angle in wrestling. And this is an area where WWE, in recent years, almost always fails. Think about the, quote, moments you've actually liked in WWE in the last couple of years. Kofi's title win, for example, right? That's a great moment, right? Everyone, oh my God, Kofi, he deserved it. This is so cool. How was Kofi Kingston's title run? Well, the end of it sure wasn't very good. No, but like, it, I mean, <laughs> was the run itself like very good? He just yeah, had a bunch no. of boring matches yeah, with Randy Orton. Memorable, yeah. Yeah, that, and that's that's what's weird. Is that should have been a, a, a fire feud. Yeah, but it, it just wasn't, and... You know, the follow-ups, again, are often bad at WWE. WWE is really, I mean, like, if you wanted to try to describe WWE in a 
the last few years in the most positive terms. All you can say is really it's a bunch of moments that really aren't connected. Right. And like, the, the like, it's like something cool happens and we get kind of excited, but then it just fizzles out. And this has been going on for years. CM Punk in 2011, Brock Lesnar's return in 2012. I digress. Dig deeper on Money in the Bank. The factors of member, uh, memorability and follow-up, they get even more dire. Yet first-time champs didn't pan out. Swagger and uh, Alberto de Rio, guys who didn't even cash in, Corbin and Braun, uh, or were just given up on, like Otis. I mean, again, why would you put the Money in the Bank briefcase with Otis in retrospect? Why was that done? Whose idea was that? But there was He's got no a idea. belly, pal. Yeah, I know. But there was clearly no idea <laughs> for what it's going to do. Like, you should kind of have an idea what you're going to do with the guy you're giving the briefcase, right? Yeah. So, um, and, and I will concede Corbin's non-cash and totally fine. Kane, okay, he gets a long run. But, you know, Justin reminded me of this on that post show. 2010 Kane title run. Reeks, bro. Uh <laughs> This heelish, sneaky cash-in, the likes of which we saw from The Miz on Sunday, so played out. I I just have to ask, are there no other ideas for this gimmick? And with The Miz, he is likely to be, because again, going back to our earlier conversation, we all agree he's not long for the title, right? Like he is not going to be the champion after Fastlane. Justin's crossing his fingers. Yeah. Okay. I hope not. I sure hope not. And that is okay. not the type of cash in you want if that's the if yeah. that's the belief. Yeah. yeah. What's the point? So that will be the third time in six years that the men's cash in is nothing more than a forgettable cup of coffee with no significant long term impact. Seamus and Brock Lesnar uh being the others. And, and these are guys who are not winning their first title even anymore. And here's a real fun fact with this money in the bank cash in that people think is so cool. The last three women's money in the bank winners have held the briefcase for a combined one day. That was Asuka this year, who was then uh, turned out that she won a vacated title when Becky Lynch, who we salute, um, became with child. Uh, Bailey, to her credit, uh, did become a long-term fixture in the title picture after her cash in. But she was already kind of there, and it was more of her heel turn than the cash that kept mm-hmm. her there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Asuka, I mean, how her run? I mean, how's that title run been booked? Total afterthought. Yeah. So to summarize, because I know we were talking about this a little on the show Sunday, I think it's less who has the briefcase. You know, I, I actually don't think that determines the successful, how successful the cash-in is. And it's more, how is the cash-in followed up? And with this Miz cash that we just saw, do we even think it's going to matter to the big picture of WWE? I said it earlier in the show, and I'm going to say it again now. On May 20th of this year, do you want to bet me that Miz will be in the same place that he was on February 20th? Which is one day before he cashed in. <laughs> of course he's going to be right back there. Yeah. He's going to get pinned by Bad Bunny at WrestleMania, <laughs> your boy. And he's going to be in a feud with John Morrison. Okay. And I'll say this. How could Money in the Bank be better? I have answers. And we could save that for a different time. Maybe when Money in the Bank approaches, uh, what is it, in May they do it again? We could share it. But uh, I just think Money in the Bank, quite frankly, you know, this cash is supposed to be this big thing in the year. And, and 
in within months, it often means nothing. Mm. That is why I said what I said on Sunday. Thank you, Ryan Drosty, for allotting me this time. This is your show as much as it is mine, Kyle. This is your sounding board. Appreciate it. Uh, in the chat, Ryan said, they put the briefcase on guys, then give up. You'd think they'd save it for guys they knew were close to main event status, which is kind of what they used to do. Uh, Sandow, Corbin, Otis, they never got there again. Made no sense. Greg said in the chat, honestly, I think Otis might be one of the people that has been hurt the most by the lack of the crowds. If there were people in the building, I bet things with him would have played out differently in that regard. I kind of agree. I mean, he was pretty damn popular with the crowds. I don't know that he shouldn't have. He still shouldn't have won money in the bank. No, he should, but he would he would be getting good reactions. I think he's getting lost now. Yeah. There's a place for Otis, and first of all, it's not turning yeah. heel. Okay, yeah. well, what are we doing here? Yeah. Okay, I mean, uh, on SmackDown, Otis is heel. Like he's a lower card act that kind of breaks up, you know, the competitive match mm-hmm. format of television, right? Like he just. He brings a different dynamic. Some people may not like it, but it's a necessary dynamic. You don't want everyone being the same. Yeah. You know, there's there's really not a second Otis on this roster, whereas there's so many guys in WWE who basically, you know, fill the same, uh, like, void, right? Like, we talk about with Dolph Ziggler. What does Dolph – and I hate picking on the same guy all the time, but he just so- – No, you don't. Don't lie. Okay. You love like, it. But, like, what does Dolph Ziggler do that, like, <laughs> six Ohio other people went. in WWE don't do? Oh. Did I ever tell you what I pissed off Dolph Ziggler in a bar? What? What? My yeah. God. No. This was actually right around the time of that No Mercy match I talked about. I was with a buddy. We had just gone to SmackDown. We're at a BW3's downtown. And we're drinking at the bar. And Dolph was there with, uh, I think, family. And I had been... I had been drinking quite a bit that night and he like kind of like leaned over us and he like acknowledged us. Cause I, I think my buddy had a like a wrestling shirt on. Maybe I did too. And I made this really smarmy crack. I was like, yeah, hey, it was a nice little segment tonight. <laughs> Instantly regretted. I was like, that was an asshole thing to say. Oh my at, God. He looked at me with just such disgust. Oh, that's great. That is great. <laughs> eh, nice little segment. I was thinking that when I see Delph. Eh, nice, nice little segment. Uh, all right, let's move into our final segment of the show. This is gonna be our mailbag. So again, we're gonna be doing episode 200, which is gonna be a blast. It's gonna be a party. It's gonna be the whole show is gonna be mailbag questions from the listeners. So get them in. Topropenation at gmail.com and we'll read them on the air. By the way, anytime I read a question on the air from a listener, I send them a free sticker in the mail die cut top rope nation sticker high quality stuff so get those questions in because the whole show is going to be questions but uh i'm going to read one right now that's been in our mailbag for a little while and i think it's one that you're going to talk about and it's also going to give me a chance i think maybe to put a photoshop on the screen which i promise the people in our chat room i had coming for him here in just a minute um so (laughs) you'll understand in just a minute so this this question comes in from uh, one of our most loyal supporters. This comes in from Aaron G. up in Rochester, Minnesota. And Aaron writes, what is one wrestling show that you would bring back if you could? So a show from the past that WWE used to have that you like kind of like the the theme around or like the night of the week it was on. If there was a show that you could bring back from the past, what would it be? I know what mine is. Raw. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bring it back when it's good. Um, whew. I know what you're going to say. You tipped, your, the, you tipped your hand. Yeah, in the, in the group. Okay. Um, Mine, I'll just throw it up. Mine's Shotgun Saturday Night. I thought that that was a cool concept. It was ahead of its time. I'm, I'm talking about the early shotguns before they moved it ahead of the raw tapings or whenever it was that they were taping it there at the end. But when they actually had it in bars in 97, that was so cool. I wish those were on the network. Uh, that For me, it would be that one. That's really hard to answer because, like, how many shows have there been, you know, been? Like, what really do we have to choose from? Like, I don't think they need to go back to the weekend syndication format of, like, 86 to 92. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just posted in the Facebook group, uh, speaking of that, you know, I'll, I asked people their thoughts on squash matches in the year 2021 on TV. And, you know, cause I saw some of these people whining and fapping, you know, some of the real losers and the haters on <laughs> twitter.com. Yes. Those two to go together. All right. Yes. Um, <laughs> about, you know, oh, these, these AEW, there's a couple like short matches. They're like squashes. Uh, should we be doing that? Yes, you should be. Um, I, I like, I think. I just, I, I don't really think like they need to like, bring back something like shotgun Saturday night. I, I think it speaks to how stay like the idea that you would bring that back. I think speaks to the stale nature of Raw and SmackDown and just WWE TV in general. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, just modifying the way they do their TV is the right way. Like, I think there should be some, uh, modern squash matches with, you know, I'm not saying Dusty Wolf needs to be, you know, getting paid out of per night basis again, but you know, you got that whole catering crew that ain't doing nothing. They can look at the lights every week. You know, um, it'd be cool is if you kind of combine your guys' ideas and do like, like a, a raw underground, that would be kind of neat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I think they should do? I think they should have Shane McMahon randomly show up and host fall MMA fights. Oh, that is the option. Greg said in the chat, Saturday night's main event with the OG theme still slaps hard. Now, Greg, are you talking about obsession or are you talking about the later theme? Yeah. Because we um, know Kyle has strong thoughts on that from our recent classics podcast. You know, like, it's funny that you bring up Saturday night's main event and, like, I think SmackDown could, like, toy with doing a Saturday night's main event where it's, like, Five man again, but you're just modifying your current format. Look, they're getting paid billions of dollars to have these shows on. So, yeah. um, like where you front load it, like you put like your big main event first. Um, I I don't know if that would work now or they should do that, but um, you know, guys were talking on that group thread in Facebook about you know having more interviews like right after matches with the guys where the segments are designed to get a specific personality or not yeah. have a competitive match where no one really gets over. That's kind of, I don't know how to answer that question. Cause I, I don't, I mean, well, Kyle, I thought, I thought that you might answer with wrestling challenge because you were recently spotted on the surface of Mars. I, I saw that. Yes. <laughs> As the Photoshop that's currently on the screen that I posted in the YouTube group, uh, mm -hmm. Kyle with the wrestling challenge on the TV from the curiosity Rover or, 
whatever it is uh, on Mars right now. Yeah, not it's not curiosity. What is what is the current one? Perseverance. Perseverance. Yeah, perseverance. Yeah, there's the Photoshop. You see it on YouTube right now. Yeah, I, I just it's it, it's a hard question. You're right. I mean, I guess if it's like you're like thinking about okay, what's like a yeah, I'll tell you what show they should bring back is Live Wire. That's the one. I, another one I was gonna say. I thought Live Wire was really cool too. Like ninety seven, ninety six. They were doing all kinds of stuff ahead of its time. I I used to wake up early. I was in junior high when Livewire first started, and I would always wake up to watch that show. And I could have been sleeping in on the weekends just because of the caller concept and everything. It was so unique. I loved yeah. that show. You, you know, it's funny. I'm going to throw this out on our Facebook group maybe in the coming days, and people can think about this if, if they participate in that and are listening to this show. You know, I really think like the last three years of WWE – is arguably the most dire three-year period creatively in the history of the company since Vince took over. I, I really do. And I bring that up right now because, you know, you're talking about some of these concepts that maybe didn't work in 96, 97, like live wired shotgun Saturday night. And certainly financially, the company was doing a lot worse in that mid nineties period than they are now. Right. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I can look back now, and I think we would all agree on this point and admire about that period is they try different things. They recognize that old format didn't work anymore. And we're going to just try a bunch of random things. Maybe it'll fail, but we're looking to the future, not the past. And we're going to try to come up with some new concepts. And, you know, I, I like that to be honest. Whereas now, Okay, I guess you can argue they never really commit to any concept. We were just joking about raw underground. You know, Ryan, I remember we did a podcast in the summer, you know, and we were like, how long do you think this lasts? It was mm. the same one about retribution. Well, I'll give you a clue. Neither had any staying power. Yeah. Neither met a freaking Jack Diddley poo in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I I don't know. That's a tough question to answer. Yeah. Well, there will be more of those on episode 200 in a few weeks. Uh, our next episode will be, I guess it's going to be the post-AEW Revolution show a week from this Sunday. You know, normally our shows drop Friday mornings on the, the podcast feed, Thursday night now on YouTube. Uh, since that's so close together with, with AEW Revolution, we'll just be holding off for two days and doing the AEW Revolution post-show Sunday night. It will drop on our podcasting feeds immediately afterwards. Uh, but you can join us live, youtube.com slash Nation. Love to have you in the live chat after you watch the show. Uh, Kyle, Justin, been a pleasure as always. This was a really, we thought this was going to be a shorter show, but we turned it into a really good conversation. I enjoyed it. So uh, any parting thoughts from either of you? What do you have planned for the weekend? Justin? I'm going to be uh, spinning Brandon by Motley Crue on repeat. <laughs> It's a very bad song. Oh, that's what we were uh, talking about prior to going on the air. It's a real <laughs> bad song. Kyle, any big plans for you? No, surprisingly. Me either, really. Hopefully, be a kind of a this will be a relaxing weekend before I start my new gig in the wrestling media, which I'll be oh! talking about on Monday. Yeah, I've had the last two weeks off since I departed comicbook.com. Monday, we'll be starting the uh, the new gig. So we'll be talking about that at our next show probably as well. Um, are we doing, a, speaking of Patreon, are we doing something with that soon? Or yes, there will be. you should edit off. 
<laughs> well, there's going to be a new classic show coming. We got to we got to put it to a vote over on our Patreon page. So if you want to check it out, links in the description. patreoncom Nation. Bonus show every month. A real deep dive on a classic wrestling show. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we did one on the February 1988 edition of the main event, the most watched show in North American history. That show's a lot of fun. You can hear a free preview of it on our podcasting feed or sign up for Patreon, support us on there and hear the full show and all of them in the archives. There's over, over 20 bonus podcasts on there, but we are going to be recording another one here within the next couple of weeks. And the teaser again, will go out on the main feeds. Uh, we also have a, another draft show coming up. We will have a special guest on that show. who I've been talking with, uh, it's been a long time since we've done one of those fantasy draft shows. If you go back in the archives, we did a fantasy draft on, um, Ric Flair's greatest matches. Happy birthday, Nate. Yeah, it's birthday today. We did one on The Undertaker's greatest matches. This one is going to be an idea Justin Joint had. Uh, it is centered around WrestleMania. It's not just flat out WrestleMania's greatest matches. There's some qualifiers for that, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be recording that one soon. That will drop in our, around two weeks. So look for that on your podcast feeds coming up as well. Uh, in the interim, you can find me on Twitter. It's at Ryan Droste. That's D-R-O-S-T-E. Kyle is at T-R-P Kyle. Justin at Justin Joint, J-O-Y-N-T. And the show is at Top Rope Nation. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram, Facebook. We mentioned the Facebook group before. Join up. Get in on that free t-shirt contest going until next weekend. So with that said, guys, this we're getting close to 200. This has been episode 197 of Top Rope Nation. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next time.